You're listening to a podcast from Jubilee Church, Farnham. To find out more, visit www.jubilee.church. It's our birthday. And I just would love just to thank God that it's our birthday, that we are still here 15 years later. And look at us. I would never have believed we would get to this place. So can we give the Lord a clap on this birthday? It started as a house group and, uh, in the January, and then there's about 25 people, I think, when we started on the Sunday. Um, and from those small beginnings, God has done some marvellous things amongst us. I mean, just look around and you see such a wonderful group of people. It thrills me that we're coming together from the three sites here this morning. And I'm just so grateful for you travelling over. And uh, he has done truly some marvellous things in Farnham for the major- most of the time, then in Borden the last few years, Aldershot the last few months. And it is thrilling to know that God is on us and with us and working through us. And it just thrills me. I read this quote this uh, week from Hudson Taylor, the great missionary. He said, there are three stages in the work of God, impossible, difficult, and done. I really, really like that. Because when we started, I would have said that what we have now was impossible. But God has done it. And you know what? As I dream about the future, it seems a bit impossible to me. <laughs> but I believe we've got a God who gets things done. And I'm really excited about it. I think... He's in the, into the impossible. And as we dream individually and as we dream as sites, as we dream collectively, he is going to get things done because he is building his church. Last year we started uh, this Vision Sunday looking at this particular verse from Matthew. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you remember that? Do you? A whole year. That's really impressive. Thank you. <laughs> Do we believe it? He was building his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Amen? Amen. You can shout amens. You can be very sort of contributory to this sermon if you want. I haven't prayed so much about a Sunday for ages. haven't had so many reams of paper. And feel I have such a little amount to say. (laughs) So you can contribute all you you like. (laughs) But he's building his church. And I I believe we're entering into a season of unprecedented... That's the word. Thank you, that's the word. You all need to contribute. (laughs) Faith, fruitfulness and favour upon us as a church. I think even the floodgates of finance are going to open to enable us to see the kingdom advance in our generation. I really believe he has a calling upon us. I believe he's reorganizing us, re-envisioning us to increase our sphere of influence and to reach out to different people groups in Farnham and Borden and Aldershot and beyond that. Because we're an apostolic people. We can't but go because Jesus went from heaven and came to earth. He caused the apostles to go. He sent them. And you know what? He's sending us to nations and to the high street. Because we're an apostolic people following the great apostle. And it's exciting times. 
We're on a mission to build a diverse church of 600 now, world-changing disciples, in order to glorify God and make him known. Because we're believing in a doubling. We're believing that God's hands upon us, his anointings upon us to double us. Not for numbers sake, we're not into numbers. But in terms of the impact we can make in our community with the love of Christ, I believe he wants to grow us to do that. So that we can go and share the good news, so we can gather people where they belong, so we can grow believers into world-changing disciples, give ourselves to serve others in ministry and glorify God and worship and enjoy him forever. Amen? Amen. That's what we want to do. And you know what? We want to build a diverse church. That word diverse is an important word in our mission. It is a key word in God's plan to bring the nations together. And I love it that God has brought so many nations to Jubilee. When we were first at this school, our kids gave us a school photograph and there was, I could only see one non-white face in the whole school. And yet we have nations amongst us and it thrills my heart. Do you know how many nations we've got? Let's go through some of the flags. That is a bit of a cheat because that's like multiple nations, I think. But what's that nation? England. England. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? South Africa. Nigeria, they shout out the back there. Yes, they're dancing out the back. <laughs> what about this? Ooh. Nope. Grenada. What's that? China. What's that? Singapore. What's that? Oh, that's sorry. That was. What's that? That is Singapore, isn't it? Thank you. Hey, the youth have got it down the front here. What's that? Taiwan. Very good. Henry is impressing me here. What's that? Poland. How are you doing this? Do you just know them? He just knows them. What's that one? Trinidad. No, it's not. It's Trinidad. Dave, we need a shout. Hey, there we are. Didn't know Dave was from Trinidad, did you? What's that? No. Bolivia. Very good. Romania. Romania. Very good. Oh. Anyone know? No. Rwanda. Bangladesh. At the back there. T's got his hand in the air. Sweden. Liberia. Very good. We've got 20 nations in Jubilee across the sites. Doesn't that thrill your hearts? I mean, it thrills me. I think we need to give the Lord a clap. See, God is bringing a diverse group of people together, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic groups, different educational backgrounds 
to build his church to change the world. And particularly in our day, we have such a positive message to tell our country, I think, about God bringing together people where they can belong, different nations. It thrills my heart. Diverse group of people, men, women, young, old, rich, poor, working class, middle class, educated, uneducated, labour conservative, even leavers and remainers, are in one room, all getting on, all enjoying being with each other. Doesn't that thrill your heart, what God is doing? It thrills me. It would have seemed impossible when we started to have that many nations coming together in Jubilee. But it thrills my heart. 10% of all the shot are Nepalese. We need that Nepalese flag up there, don't we? Amen? Amen. See, heaven's going to be like this. It's going to be every tribe, every tongue, every language glorifying God. Amen. We need to get used to it. We're getting a taste of heaven, you see. As we work this out, learn from each other, get different insights from different ways of doing things. Do you know what? God gets the glory and it thrills my heart. He's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen? There are particular before and after moments in Scripture. There are particular moments when everything before that moment is different from everything after that moment. Do you get it? In Jesus' time, there were many moments like that, before and after moments. I just want to remind us of one this morning. It was an ordinary Sabbath day Jesus in Jesus' hometown, and the people were doing all the usual things they did on the Sabbath, and they were going to the synagogue, people gathering, songs were sung, prayers were prayed, and then it was time for the reading of the Scriptures. One passage from the law, one passage from the prophets, that was how they used to do it. And it was usual for someone in the congregation to read these scriptures. And today, or that one day, it was Jesus' turn. Little did the congregation know that it was a before and after moment. Someone hands him the scroll, as was the tradition, and it was the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus chose a passage to read from that book. It's a combination of Isaiah 58 and 61, known as the Servant Song, a prophetic passage that points to a day when the Holy Spirit-anointed prophet would come into the world to proclaim good news. If you read Luke's Gospel, if you've got your Bible, you might want to turn to chapter 4 briefly. Jesus had been baptised, and the Holy Spirit had come upon him. It says he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted, if you read it earlier in that chapter. Then we get to verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone praised him. And he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as it was custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, and he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. 
And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your healing, hearing. Today, this scripture is fulfilled. This was a before and after moment. This was a moment where Jesus began his ministry. And he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your healing. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he appointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release for captives and recovery of sight to the blind and let the oppressed go free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The year of the Lord's favour is the time of jubilee, for those who don't know, and restoration. We're called jubilee not because we started in the Queen's Jubilee year, 2002, which was actually the truth. But because somebody thought it represented what we would do as a church. I didn't actually name the church. I might have named it something else, but that's another whole story. <laughs> but do you know what? There is something of Jubilee in us. It was, Jubilee was the 50th year, if you read it in the Old Testament, in Leviticus 25, that was set aside as a time of liberation and restoration, when all the Israelites would return to the ancestral lands, and those who'd become poor were not taken advantage of, not taken as slaves, but rather treated as higher hands, and then every 50 years were released at the year of Jubilee. But this festival had stopped hundreds of years before Jesus. But Isaiah 61 was interpreted in the first century context that Jesus was in when he was reading that as reference to the jubilee, that restoration of people, and how people longed for that. And there is Jesus saying, this scripture's fulfilled in me. He rolled up the scripture, sat down, and the eyes of the synagogue were on him. Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jubilee, that wonderful time of forgiveness and restoration and freedom, was being fulfilled in Jesus. The anointed prophet had come to bring good news to the poor, to release captives, to bring sight to the blind, let the oppressed go free and declare the favour of God. He came to bring jubilee and restoration. Isn't that cool? God has a heart for the poor. He has a heart for those who are trapped, those who are oppressed, those who are struggling. That's who he has a heart for. Hades really provoked me in this over the summer because he read a wonderful book. Do you want to say anything? Keep talking. If you're at West Point, Terry Virgo actually recommended it, but um, I'd read it before I got to West Point, so I quite, felt quite chuffed with myself when he said that. <laughs> but um, it was an amazing, it's a really provocative book. I read it not expecting it to really do anything in me, but it really, really challenged me because it challenged me about, um, about the different people groups that we can reach out to and just how little I understand about so many people groups. It was really humbling. And it made me realise that we have to be so humble as we approach people. 
and how we listen into people's lives and how we seek to, uh, to understand different cultures and backgrounds and things in order to bring the love of God. Um, so this building a church for the poor was, was actually incredible, so challenging. And as churches to together and separately, if we, if we go for it, it, it involves um, massive, massive challenges for individuals and for people groups. Um, but it, I would really recommend you read it and let your heart be stirred up in, in it. It's amazing. Brilliant. Very good. Jesus loves the poor. <laughs> and that's what we've become part of, you see. Because I think God is anointing us for a new wave of Jubilee. Actually, he's, he's, he's anointing us for a, new, as a, for a new wave of Jubilee. I think he's saying to us, the Spirit of the Lord is on us. Because he's anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He sent us to proclaim release for the captive and recovery of the sight of the blind and to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Amen? Amen? I think he's calling us to do that in our generation, in our time, in our towns, in our streets, in our supermarkets, in our schools. Because it's time of favour for the Lord, I think. I felt this... Very much this last week, or the week before last, when I went to, um, a, on a prayer walk. Now, sometimes when I go on prayer walks, it like, takes ages before I sense God there. I, some, some of you probably better prayers than me, but I've, I've sort of spent ages getting into the presence of God. But on this particular day, I just, as soon as I started walking, I just knew the presence of God on me. It was wonderful. It's almost like a sort of weight of his presence. It was wonderful. And I felt God speaking to me about... His heart for Jubilee. Do you know what? Our Father in heaven loves us. He is for us. He wants to use us. He's anointing us. And do you know what? He's anointing us for a new season of faith and fruitfulness and favour, I believe. I think God is coming on us in a significant way. I think he is for us. I think I felt also something of his heart for our towns. Farnham, Aldershot, Borden. For literally centuries, you know, people in this area have been praying. I've shown some writings going back to 500 AD of people gathering in this area praying that the gospel would be proclaimed. I mean, that is a long time. People have been praying here. Look at the history at Waverley. Abbey around the corner there. People have been praying in this area. Think of the castle. Think of different parts of this town. For years, people have been praying. People have been praying for Farnham. People have been praying for all this area, Aldershot and Borden. And I felt God encouraged me that it's time for his kingdom to come and his will to be done in Farnham, Aldershot and Borden. Amen? Amen. And that is a renewed sense of prayer and passion for me, that we would see his kingdom come and his will would be done and that we would play our part in his kingdom advancing in our generation. I don't want to be in heaven before him. And he says, do you know what? I gave you everything you needed, but my kingdom didn't advance. I want to be one, he says. Gubby, <laughs> you let a people who advance my kingdom in these areas. I don't know if you'll call me Gubby. But, um, <laughs> because God is on the move. I really believe God is on the move amongst us, you know. I think he is opening the floodgates of faith and fruitfulness and favour to us all across our sites at this time. I really believe that. 
I think something is happening in our towns. Something's happening in our church. church, And something's happening in the churches around this place. I think he's opening the floodgates of faith. I'm thrilled just since coming back from the summer, just seeing faith and breakthrough bubbling up as I talk to people. I love it that we've got a couple of alphas off the ground and we've got people coming, searching for Jesus. I love it that Sarah got faith on the Chantry's chatterbox to carry on with it. And then 11 people turned up. That's like a lots of hundreds of percents increase, isn't it? <laughs> because she's got faith for it. I love seeing Laura's faith when she's getting the Luminate special needs group together. I love talking to the faith of the kids' workers on Sundays, just hearing Haley come back from a planning meeting. It's so good meeting when we prayed and we were praying for the kids. It's wonderful to hear the faith in people's hearts as they're serving the kids. I'm sure that's across all the sites. I love to see the faith in Ruth's heart going off to college after 20 years. Read her blog. Oh, are they allowed to do that? I see it everywhere. Amy starting to see you up in in her workplace. I see it everywhere. Just bits of faith popping up all over the place. It's really cool. I love Slava's faith for healing. You've got faith, haven't you, for healing. It's just happening on the streets over in Borden. It's bubbling up everywhere. I love the faith in the growth group leaders, caring for people, wanting to reach out, putting on film events, being creative. I overheard a conversation just of a group. Well, we're getting too big. We've got to multiply. This is how we're going to do it. Well, it'd be great to keep meet together still, but let's, let's multiply. Through my heart, there's faith in the room. There's faith in people's hearts. And there's a fresh bubbling up of faith for people to be saved, I believe. Acts 15, 16 says the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in the number daily. I think as faith bubbles up, people will come to faith. I believe that people are going to come to faith amongst us. Just talking to the team, there's just different ways people are talking about how we could reach out into this area around this school. I know in Aldershot and Borden, there's a, how do we reach out? How do we see people come to faith? How do we come to bring the gospel to people? See our kingdom advance in our different areas. There's a stirring of faith for people to be healed, for, to come to salvation, to come to know Jesus. And there's a stirring of faith for prayer. That surprised me, because prayer isn't something you know, that a lot of churches do often, to be honest, or as much as they should. But there's a bubbling up. Terry's message at West Point, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it online. Stirred me to want to pray. I want to pray. I want to be a church that prays. I want to be a church that, that is passionate to pray. In our groups praying, in our kids' work praying, wherever we are, I want us to be a praying church. Because God works through praying churches, doesn't he? So don't we want to get caught up in prayer in different ways, in our different communities, praying for our communities? I tell you what, there's something happening across the nation. In Farnham, you know, 300 people from 15, I think it was, churches came to pray up at the school hall, if you remember last summer. We led out into that, but people gathered. 350 gathered at the next one at the Maltings. 
Different churches celebrating all the good things that happen. A thousand people in the Gospel Meadows. A couple of weeks' time. Church leaders saying, Look, we've got to gather people to pray. We've got the mayor coming to ask, how can we, the Christian community, pray for our town? A head teacher coming to explain how the Christian contribution into schools at Christmas that Amber leads is so powerful. Honestly, we're living in amazing times and I want us to get it in our hearts and our heads. Because... I'm really sorry to do this. That's right. Um, uh, There's a uh, grey Peugeot 207 uh, D408 XDW. Not sure if it's one of ours, but if it is, uh, it's blocking the path the neighbour has called it in, so if you could please move your car. Terribly sorry. You stop me any time for things like that and you're forgiven. Don't look. Don't turn your heads. (laughs) Dear me. It could have been any of you. (laughs) I want us to be a people that folks know about as well. So, I mean, get along to that prayer thing. But also, I I just want to announce that we've got a new website. Pete German has done it. Biyama is our cover, cover face. What do you call it? Cover boy. And I hope it will serve us better. I want it to be the best church website in the whole of Aldershot, Farnham and Borden. Okay? I, I'm not ashamed to say that because most people who come into the church will say they've looked at the website and that's why they're coming. And I, do you know what? I want it to be the best website because people come into the area, I don't mind, I don't want other people from other churches, but people coming into the area, I, you know, I want to do it. I'd love you to give us some feedback on it. I think it's going to take a little time before the internet catches up with it or something. It went beyond me when Pete was explaining DSNs or something, or I don't know. But, but I'd love some feedback. We'd love some feedback. You know, we've seen this on a website that's better than Jubilee. Tell us. You know, if it's things like, you know, you think... Rick could look a little bit more handsome in the photo, that sort of thing. We want that free feedback. But we'd love just the next few weeks for you to look at it and to actually give us some feedback. Does it work when you press a button? It doesn't work. When you're looking for something, you think, I can't find this anywhere. Do you get it? Some user feedback so we can make it as best we can. Is that all right? We're also going to develop a whole new members book. Um, we're looking at the church suite sort of, uh, uh, as well and how we can engage as many people into that as possible because we want to be able to be efficient for growth because God is going to be growing us and we want to get organised for that. And so we want to press into all that we can ser- that can serve us in those ways as well because it's time to declare the good news because we're in a season of faith. And people are going to come to faith. But do you know what? He's also opening the floodgates of fruitfulness. I really believe this. I really believe that his hand is upon us for fruitfulness. I met with Guy Pritchard, who runs the vineyard, a dear friend of mine on Friday uh, when we were praying together. And he, came, he, he said to me, he said, Sean, we spoke at your youth group last Friday, him, him and Esther. And uh, he said, I just want to tell you, we were amazed at the young people you've got in Jubilee. He said it was a challenge for us, especially the 13, 14, 15, the older ones, passionate for Jesus. How do you do it? And I said, well, we've got Pete and Leah and Pete. And, and, but do you know what? There is a fruitfulness amongst our young people. 
that we, and we commit, I mean, they're on the front rows here. We need to give them a clap. I, it thrills me that all those that have gone off to university, on their first Sunday, all of them have gone to church. Doesn't that thrill you? Isn't that a fruitful expression of God's hand upon us? Others traveling around the world, adventuring. It thrills my heart that you, our young people are emerging as a generation that are caught up in the purposes of God. I love our older people. I tell you, I spend time with our older people in Jubilee, and there is such faith. What? Did you? Oh, that is so rude. Steve is so young, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> we have some wonderful folks who are a lot older than Steve, but who are full of faith and passion to see the kingdom advance, who are intercess regularly saying to me, what can we pray for? How can we pray for the church? Thrills my heart, because there is a fruitfulness amongst us. Thursday night, I sat around a table that was all the core team leaders for, uh, with FCCT, Farnham Christian Community Trust. And do you know what? I looked around the table. I was utterly proud of Jubileers. Thrilled my heart. Really did. Amazing projects in our town. Rose, leading food bank. 7,000 local people being fed. 3,000 children in the last, since 2010. 100 Christmas hampers will go out at Christmas time. Rose leads 70 volunteers from 16 churches. And she's one of us, wherever she is. She's probably hating me talking about her. She's probably hiding under a chair somewhere. <laughs> Utterly proud of her. Amber, 3,500 primary school children in 14 schools hear the Christmas message because of what Amber leads through, through that work. 20 volunteers from seven churches. Amber, Jubilee, is running that ministry. Pete involved with all the cohesion stuff. 2,000 teenagers in Waden School, Heath Ends. Schools wanting us to do more lessons. Amazes me. Bridget, reaching out to families. It thrills my heart. Ben Wills, came to faith in Jubilee. Sort of count him as a Jubileer. Baptised, married, filled with the Spirit. Now, doing so well, making other projects happen. Farnham Debt Advice, Friends Together Bereavement, all sorts of other things. He's a jubileer, really, he just goes to another church. Because <laughs> he's... Because he's... Because he's, a, um, because he's over in Alton, lives over in Alton. But anyway, and wanted to reach out into his community. Julia, Andy, serving as trustees. I tell you what, jubilee makes a big impact. It thrilled my heart, because there's a fruitfulness amongst us. God is bringing fruitfulness to what we put our hands to. I love it in Dave in Borden and Steve over in Order Shop, reaching out, working out what can be done in those areas. We are fruitful, but God is opening the floodgates for even greater fruitfulness, I believe. Amen? Yeah. Well, give us a clap then. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I believe, I believe this is turning into a longer sermon than I thought, but I'm going to carry on anyway. And we're not over time yet, so don't worry. Stop looking. But I believe there is a floodgate of fruitfulness for individuals in this room too. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might bear good fruit, fruit that will last 
and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. We're entering into a season of fruitfulness for individuals in this church too. Do you believe it? In 1968, a scientist discovered a 600-year-old seed necklace in an Indian grave, and he planted one of the seeds, and it sprouted and grew. Though it had been dormant for 600 years, the potential of life was still in that seed, and it came to life. So if you feel that you're not fruitful, unless you're over 600 years old, <laughs> there is still chance for God to come and bring fruit to your life. And fruitfulness, I believe it. He's going to do it. It's not too late. He can begin right now. Today could be a day that's got a before and after. Amen? Do you know what he's also doing? He's opening a floodgate of favour for us, I believe, as a church. I love it when I read an email about the board and ministers forum being called Stronger Together. Isn't that cool? Dave's doing a wonderful job bringing churches together over there. In the coursework steering meeting, David Uffenhoek, who is St Andrew's vicar, who now has taken over from Steve chairing that group, told us that for the first time we can do this tour in South Farnham School. I mean, for those who haven't, don't know, that is like a, quite a big miracle. For years we've been praying for that to happen. And we've just got to make sure we've got a team to be able to do it. But anyway, <laughs> do you know what? For secondary schools are asking us to do lessons. I mean, this just doesn't happen without the favour of God being on us. Do you get that? Yeah. So I want us to stir ourselves and stir faith in our hearts. I had a meeting last week about the chantries and with the local councillor and the local... Uh, uh, officers from the council. And do you know what they said at the end of the meeting? They said, Sean, you need a minibus. I said, oh. And they said, well, why, why don't we just you know, fundraise for it for you to give you a minibus? I thought, oh, crumbs, how do we do this? <laughs> do you know what? Favour is upon us. This week I got a text from Steve that so blessed me. Steve, come up, just, just tell us. I could read the text, but it's, he's in, he may as well tell us. So, yeah, yeah, excellent. So, um, hope looks not to the possibilities of man, but to the promises of God. That's what we've been looking at, at uh, in Aldershot, and we've really felt it's been stirred to bring hope. And so we did uh, something called Who Cares, which uh, I think we've talked about here. And it was a little bit like doing a, we've, we've got a, a small swimming pool and we kind of, you occasionally have to dip in a piece of paper to check that the right chlorine levels are there. And the who cares kind of became a little bit like this dip thing that we put in and we read and we could see that the main issue that people had in Aldershot was the fat lack of hope. And so we've really felt stirred to bring a message of hope. So interestingly enough, I was invited um, to go and speak to Rushmore Borough Council. So I'm there on Thursday in front of the mayor and the leader of the cabinet of Rushmore Borough Council talking to them about how do you bring hope to Aldershot. And do you know what? We experienced God's favour. In the room were people from all sorts of faith backgrounds and non-faith backgrounds. But they recognised something that God was doing in his church and something that the church could bring to the town. If you're familiar with the town of Aldershot, it's a place where, well, we know now, we've, we've seen the evidence that it feels hopeless to many people. And wow, 
What an opportunity to mm. be church together. So all the, th- all the shop churches together who did the, the, the um, Who Cares initiative have all said, come on, let's bring this. Even to the point where I was in a meeting just before this one and we were discussing how good it would it be in five years' time that everyone in Aldershot started using hope in their language. Mm. How do you do that? I don't know. But I do know that we have a God who does the impossible. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve. God's favour is on us as a church. In in Steve's text, he said, um, let me read this. I seem to have stumbled into being something of a spokesman for the churches on this issue. Couldn't have a better person doing it than Steve. God's favour is on us. The floodgates of favour are opening up. You're going to find that in your workplace. You're going to find it in schools. You're going to find it in your streets. You know what favour is coming upon us? You're going to find strange opportunities to be the gospel to people and exciting and chilling ways. Because God is on the move. He's building his church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. Finally, I think I'm praying for a floodgate of finance. We need finance to do all that God is calling us to do. For those who are newer, we don't, you know, we don't get funding from anywhere else. It's just in the room that we have funded all that we've done over the years. We've never been in debt as a church. Thrilled by that. 18 months ago, we said that we're embarking on this, this financial year. is our really hardest one. Um, and it will be a stretch. In April, we said that we... And we're budgeting and forecasting. We're anticipating growth. We're anticipating new people coming, starting to give. So we budgeted, anticipating that. And each quarter, the trustees who are... I mean, you wouldn't... It's so high calibre. I'm thrilled. Review the finances, how things are going on. And we need, as we get into this third quarter, as October turns, for the finance to go up in the church... Uh, I don't talk about it a lot on Sundays. I get some grief for not talking about it as much as I should. But anyway, I would want to call you, call on you to consider your, what you give to the church. Particularly if you're newer to us, I'd love you to reflect on whether you want to stand with us in all that we're doing. Malachi 3 says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, he says. And see, will I not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room to store it? God needs us to be generous. And he's going to do miracles amongst us, you know. So if you're newer, can I ask you, consider, do you want to start standing with us and starting to give? If you can, start building the house. That was a little connection with the picture there. We'd love you to start doing that. If you're not sure how to do that, you can go on the website or talk to Cheryl or talk to one of the trustees. For those who do give and you haven't reviewed your giving, review your giving. Can you, do you need to change your giving? If you can give us a one-off gift, it will be a good moment to do that so that we can ensure our cash position is healthy. Now, I, I want us to pray that God would open the floodgates. Is that all right? I don't want to put pressure on people. I want us to pray that God is going to open the floodgates and we can see finance going up in this next quarter and the next quarter so we can do all that we want to do. If it doesn't, we have to start cutting things out, which I don't want to do. So I want to 
go for it. Is that all right? I want us to pray now, and then I've got two more minutes or three more minutes, and then we're going to... Can I go over a little bit more? I'm going to pray anyway. Can we all just <laughs> lift our voices for two minutes and ask God to open the floodgate of finance upon Jubilee? Lord Jesus, we ask you, and Father, thank you that we can come to you now.